Hello, and welcome to the Navigating Childhood Cancer podcast. In this podcast, we explore all aspects of a child's cancer diagnosis. We'll speak with parents, experts, caregivers, and maybe even the children themselves to understand the issues, the risks, the struggles, and the triumphs. My name is Heather, and this is the information I wish I had when my child was diagnosed with leukemia. Thank you for being here. In today's episode, we'll be talking about what helps. That is, what is helpful to a family who is dealing with a cancer diagnosis. When a family receives news that is overwhelming, in this case, the serious illness of a child, it is usually followed by a period of need. It is understood that the journey ahead is going to be difficult, but the family isn't always in a frame of mind to ask for help or even to know what they need at that moment. If we add to this the fact that other family and friends tend to want to help in some way, but they don't know what's best, asking them isn't always the solution. For me, I found it very interesting how hard it was for me to accept help at that time. Even though I knew we needed it, and even though I knew people were out there clamoring to just do something, I was reluctant to ask or even agree to the help that was being offered. I imagine there are others for whom this is the same, and maybe that requires a little bit of investigation as to why that's the case, but that's how I felt. I was so pleasantly surprised to have been the recipients of some very thoughtful yet unexpected gestures. I'm going to get into more detail in this episode, but I mention it here because it changed my perspective of how I will respond to a crisis, heaven forbid, in the future, or to a friend in need. Some of these ideas just need to be shared. We could also call this episode a love letter to those who helped us because every little act of kindness or gesture helped us through our situation in one way or another. We will always be grateful for every little act of kindness. And I'm hoping that if you are somebody who is hoping to support a family who's going through something similar, that you might find some interesting new ideas for how to help that family in this episode. I'm going to start with food. This tends to be what people do first. We can all picture it, neighbors on the doorstep with a casserole or banana bread in hand. It is what we do as a society. When someone is going through something hard, we bring food. At one point, a friend set up a meal train. Now, if you haven't heard of this before, it's an online tool that allows people to sign up to a schedule to bring food to the family in need. When I saw this, I was mortified. It felt like we were putting out a list of things that we were expecting people to bring us, and I was very reluctant to accept it. I really can't say why, but it just felt hard for me. It took a few people in my life to insist upon it. They literally insisted, and so we accepted the meal train. Another friend stood up to me when I was protesting the idea of the meal train. I said, I think I might cancel it. It's so awkward to look like I'm over here waiting for the food to be delivered. She looked at me and she said, actually, she had tears in her eyes when she said it. We are out here wishing there's something we could do. 
please just let us do this. We want to help you. So I understood in that moment that it was as much about people feeling like they were able to help in some way as it was about our need. And I admit that we did have a need. Those first few weeks after the diagnosis were spent in hospital. It was also during COVID, so we were taking turns spending nights at the hospital and alternating spending nights at home, one parent at a time per visit. And after the first few weeks, it was months of multiple trips to the hospital each week, including overnights. So help getting dinner on the table for the rest of the family was a godsend. Every night that food would arrive, it was more than just nourishment. It was thoughtful and loving, and it was always appreciated. I've also been that person. My go-to was always lasagna. (laughs) I've learned, though, that lasagna isn't always what people need. As one person pointed out, there's only so much lasagna people can eat, and sometimes fresh food or maybe something a little lighter than lasagna might actually be a better option. So I'm going to list for you some of the food ideas that were alternatives to casseroles and lasagnas that helped us immensely. And hey, it's not to say that a lasagna isn't appreciated because it most definitely is. So the first idea is a Greek salad. So actually any salad would really probably fit the bill, but this one salad in particular was a large bowl of Greek salad Greek salad was a great idea to me because it is hearty, it can be served as a meal, it lasts in the fridge for a few days, and it contains things that you don't really buy on a regular basis, like olives and feta. And to be honest with you, I'll never forget (laughs) diving into that big bowl of Greek salad. Another idea is cookies and milk. So There's a cookie delivery company in our area that's called Craig's Cookies, and you can order cookies to be delivered to someone's home. And we were sitting on the front porch one day when a package arrived from Craig's Cookies. It contained cookies of lots of different types of flavors, as well as a large jar of chocolate milk. We dove into that box of cookies in that moment and literally chugged the chocolate milk directly from the jar and it hit the spot. (laughs) So really, you can never go wrong with cookies and milk. Another great idea is a bag of groceries that contains staples that you might be running low on or need in the pantry or the fridge. This might be things like milk, eggs, bagels, blueberries, (laughs) other fruits or chopped vegetables that it's nice to have on hand, but that might be running low when you haven't done the grocery shopping in a while. One meal that was probably one of the favorites of our family was very simple, roasted chicken, steamed broccoli, and rice. Now, This sounds really simple, but it was actually fantastic because it's a meal that's easily eaten by children, and it was so helpful to nourish a child who was nauseous due to treatment and really not able to eat much of anything. Soups are always good. 
and they're easy to prepare or to warm up at home. And another idea that was really sort of surprisingly good um, in my experience was individually prepared sandwiches. They were really helpful to just have on hand. And as a parent, it was also nice to have a few sandwiches that were, uh, that contained ingredients that were, you know, for adults, <laughs> adults only. So I think it was, you know, some uh, sun-dried tomatoes or kale, uh, some ingredients that were things that the kids weren't really interested in. So it was, you know, kind of a treat for, for us as well. One night, a friend texted me from the grocery store and asked if there was anything we needed. In that moment, we were on our way home from the hospital. And so I asked our patient who requested a bag of plain chips. So when we pulled into the driveway, that friend was there with her shopping bag filled with chips for us to take inside. She didn't stay to talk. She knew we were drained and just needed to go inside. But she dropped off that bag of chips, which was really something in that moment. She also offered to take our dog for a walk around the block before she left. So let's put that on our list of things that help. Offering to walk the dog. <laughs> After a long day at the hospital, you know the dog's not necessarily going to get the walk he needs. So when it comes to food, you really can't go wrong by offering to bring a meal, especially if it's something you know the family loves. I think it's also great to take into consideration whether the food requires storage, such as refrigeration or freezer, and whether it needs to be heated up once it arrives at the home. Bringing dinner is always important, but it's also great to consider breakfast and lunch, as well as snacks or other treats for other times of day. It's also important to consider that when a child is going through treatment, they may be nauseous or experiencing many other different side effects. This may affect what they can tolerate from a nutritional perspective. So while nutrition is always important, Sometimes we do need to let it fall by the wayside in favor of just ensuring that the child is fed. It doesn't hurt to reach out to see if there's a particular food that the child has a craving for or what it is that they're tolerating to help them through that day. Okay, so I'm now going to move on to some other things that people can do to support families in these situations. If the family has other children it can be extremely helpful to volunteer to help out with the other kids. This might mean picking them up in the morning to help get them to school or picking them up after school and helping to get them to their sports or their other activities like piano lessons. It also might mean inviting them over for dinner. It also could mean on a Saturday or a summer day, inviting them over to play or to take them to the park or some other activity. For us, we were dealing with a lot of this in the summer. So knowing that my kids were over at a friend's house swimming made me feel a little bit less guilty about the fact that I was spending so much time away from the home because I was at the hospital with my other child. It's also nice to know that they're having as normal an experience as possible while their family is going through something so difficult. One act of kindness that stands out for me was a night out for the parents. So 
there was a really long period of time when I just didn't feel like socializing, nor did I have the energy, nor did I feel like it was okay for me to leave the home because my child was recovering and I felt like I needed to be nearby. But there were a few occasions when parents acknowledged that it might be difficult for me to do, but suggested that maybe a night out might be helpful and it might be something that we needed. So some examples include a backyard barbecue where we were able to just sit, enjoy the lovely evening and have meal prepared for us. Another example was a karaoke night. <laughs> this was impromptu. And it didn't require us to go downtown. It was just nearby at a friend's house. But they brought out the karaoke mics. And if you know me, you know that I really enjoy having a fun night of karaoke. And I didn't really think I was really up for karaoke, to be honest with you. But bringing out the mics was the best idea ever because it meant that we were able to just let go for a few hours and literally let our worries fall to the side so that we could just sing our hearts out. And honestly, it was so cathartic. So whether it's singing or dancing or tennis or jumping in the lake, make sure you invite those parents out so that they can forget their worries for a while and remember what it feels like to have a good time. One of the things that was really important for us during this time was time spent with our larger family. So I come from a pretty big family, and my children really enjoy spending time with their cousins. So it was important for us and my children to be able to spend time with their cousins to help them to get through this experience. But I also understand that it was important for the cousins because, listen, finding out that your cousin is sick is really something for a child to have to deal with or a teenager. And so giving them the opportunity to be together was really helpful for all of us, all of us involved at that time. There was a moment when we thought we were going to be in the hospital over Thanksgiving weekend. The treatment plan always proceeds or is paused based on how the child is doing. And in our case, there was a moment when we thought treatment would be delayed to the point that it would put us in hospital over Thanksgiving weekend. So my parents and my siblings and their partners and all of the cousins pulled together to organize a weekend to ensure that our child would not be left out of our Thanksgiving celebration. And to say that that meant something to us is an understatement. <laughs> that was the first time that we celebrated two Thanksgivings because we ended up not needing to be in the hospital over Thanksgiving. So we had the weekend before and then the weekend of Thanksgiving to celebrate together and Gosh, being surrounded by family is always a great way to support a child going through treatment. There were some people who presented us with gift cards. This isn't something that I would have expected at that time, but let me tell you how much those gift cards were appreciated. One of them was a Visa gift card. Um, it contained money that we could spend on whatever we needed. And the gift was given to us with the intention that we might spend that money on parking. Now, parking at the hospital, when you're there for days at a time or multiple days a week, the financial burden can really add up. So receiving a gift card to help pay for parking was extremely helpful. 
My kids receive some gift cards to allow them to purchase some items for themselves, such as books and art supplies. And obviously the gesture meant a lot to me, but the opportunity to buy those products for themselves really meant a lot for our kids. So there is a Starbucks in the foyer of Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto. And if I tell you that Sick Kids Hospital is a magical place, I need to add to that that the Starbucks at Sick Kids is also something pretty special. <laughs> now, when you've spent a night at the hospital and you've been sleeping on a cot beside your child's bed and woken every couple of hours for checks by the nurses or nausea or treatment, when you finally get to morning, the one thing that you look forward to to start your day is a visit to Starbucks. At least it was for me. And I understand that coffee is not for everyone and Starbucks is not for everyone. But those gift cards allowed me to splurge a little and to make those hospital stays just a little more bearable. So I'd say that the Starbucks gift cards definitely helped. So beyond the gifts that we received that were tangible or cost money, um, I'd also like to speak about some of the things that helped us that were more acts of kindness or gestures that demonstrated that people were there to support us. And the first was just simply checking in. We received a lot of text messages or emails or voice messages or inspirational reels on Instagram that were sent to us to help get us through a tough moment. And there's a lot of time spent alone in the hospital with your child and you're surrounded by healthcare providers. So it really helps a lot to have some connection to the outside world and to know that people are thinking of you. I have a friend who works as a nurse at another hospital nearby. She sent us a photo of her and her nursing team uh, with a sign of support for our child. Because my child was receiving treatment during the height of COVID, the hospital policy was that there was only one caregiver allowed in hospital per child. This meant that my child was not able to have visitors in hospital. No family, no friends, no cousins. So instead of having visitors in hospital, we had family members who visited us from outside the hospital. They positioned themselves on the sidewalk below and waved up at us when we looked down from our window on the eighth floor. I can barely describe this to you without getting choked up because it was so thoughtful and those visits really meant everything to us at that time. Thankfully now with technology, there's also video calls and voice messages and I mean, children can even play video games with each other, one on the computer at the hospital, playing alongside one who's playing at home. So there are definitely ways to connect with a child who may feel isolated in that moment. Reaching out to a family who's going through something hard doesn't have to be sophisticated, or you don't even have to feel like you're saying the right thing. Just knowing that there are people out there rooting for us and rallying around us and thinking of us in that moment means everything. So never hesitate to send that text message to say, I hope you're doing well today and I'm thinking of you. 
One of the most important things that people did to show us support during that time was to donate blood. Now, I recognize that not everybody can give blood. There are a lot of restrictions around giving blood. And I even gave blood a couple of times at the beginning of this journey and am no longer able to do so because my iron levels are too low. When I learned that people around us had taken the time to make an appointment and to go to donate blood, it meant the world to me. Obviously, my child needed blood transfusions as well as platelets many times throughout treatment. And it's not expected that you're going to get the blood products that are donated by your family and friends. But knowing that somebody is contributing to that bank and knowing that they've taken the time to give literally of themselves to support your cause was something that I I don't even know how to explain how meaningful it is. And to everybody who either gave blood or tried to give blood or meant to give blood but wasn't able to due to some restriction, I thank you. Another interesting thing that we received during this time were messages of support from the Montreal Canadiens. So this was navigated by my brother-in-law who knew somebody who knew somebody. And there were a couple of players who sent personalized messages in video to my child to support them and to encourage them during that difficult time. Now, I understand that you can get personalized messages from lots of different celebrities now. You can request it and they'll send you a personalized message. And whether you have to pay for it or whether it's something that that the person, the celebrity does as an act of charity is really irrelevant to me. It's just a sort of moment of lightness. And to hear your name said by somebody that's, you know, a celebrity (laughs) or to hear your name Uh, a personalized message from somebody who's important to you. Really, there's really nothing like it. Those players that sent messages to us are players who, who will always support, even though they're no longer playing for the team that is supported by my family. I will be loyal to those players forever. Um, in fact, I was wearing the shirt of one of those players on the weekend. So that's a really creative way to show a child support and um, one that I had never really considered previously. It's also great to know that players or celebrities will take a moment to do something kind for somebody that they don't even know. I mean, gosh, what a, what a gesture. And um, I appreciated that so much. I know that my child did too. The final thing I'd like to mention today is Parents allowed their children to support my child during this time. Or maybe they encouraged them. Or maybe the parents had nothing to do with it at all. I'm not really sure. But the point is that when you have a sick child, for me, my biggest concern was that my child was going to miss out on time with friends. And 
that things might get awkward with friends for a while because they were maybe not really going to know what to say or what to do or how to behave around a child who looks so visibly different. There's hair loss. There's change in appearance because of treatment. And I was really worried about how the other kids in our community were going to react. And maybe I shouldn't have been surprised about this, but the kids really came through. (laughs) The kids behaved in most cases as though nothing was wrong. Some kids had questions about how they were doing and what it was like, but for the most part, kids were just kids and they just got on with the task at hand, which is doing all the things that kids do. I don't know whether the credit here is due to the parents for encouraging them to act like everything's okay, or whether it was just nature of children to know that we need to just move on and just treat them like everything's fine. But I appreciated it so much that the kids in our community didn't treat my child as though something was different or wrong. They didn't abandon my child and they continued to include my child in things. And that meant the world to me. So to everyone who helped us in whatever way, as I mentioned, any gesture, large or small, was noticed by us. And I'm sure that I'm probably missing some examples today, but I hope that I've covered the most important ones. And I also hope that this information inspires you to ask for some of the things that sound like something that you may need in this moment. Or as I mentioned, I hope you've got some new ideas for how you might be able to support a family that's going through something difficult like this. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more, you can find us online at navigatingchildhoodcancer.com and on social media at at nccpodcast. If you and your family are on this journey, I am so sorry. I hope you'll stay to listen and that you find something valuable here. If you'd like to share your perspective, please reach out. If you know someone whose child is living through a cancer diagnosis, I also invite you to stick around and to share this podcast with your community. Because truly, we can only get through this together.